The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Seafarers Romai Romano Vivito More or, when in Rome, live like a Roman. This was the counsel of no less a personage than the estimable St. Ambrose himself some 1,600 years ago. Since then, there have been many attempts to interpret just exactly what that good man had in mind. But I should think it means what he intended it to mean. Quite simply, don't rock the boat. I tell you, there are spirits in this country. And I tell you, there's no such things as spirits. Mm. What's the name of this place, anyhow? I can't even pronounce it. What is that? Oh, spirits. Lily, didn't you just say there's no such thing as spirits? Oh, I'm from Missouri, and they just showed me. <laughs> mystery drama, When in Rome, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Fred Gwynn. I'll be back shortly with Act One. As even the most casual student of history knows, we won our independence from Britain some 200 years ago. But that was only our political independence. For other things, we were still very much in the shadow of Europe. For a long time, we remained a young and self-conscious nation. We thought of ourselves as provincial, uncouth, and uncultured. Our newly rich men had newly rich wives who couldn't wait to go to Europe to buy sophistication. And uh, perhaps a titled foreigner for a son-in-law. Let us then go back about a hundred years and meet Mr. Henry T. Cahill... How'd you do? Well, never fails, does it? Fellow manages to put aside a hard-earned dollar or two, and the wife has already got it spent for him. Now, Livy isn't really a bad sort, but she has these ideas. What kind of ideas? <laughs> Listen. And why shouldn't you become an ambassador? But I ain't qualified to be an ambassador. Henry, isn't it a fact that you have $19 million? Mm, give or take. You're qualified. But I don't know anything about tariffs or balances or, or trade and, and, and Lord knows what all. Well, you don't have to know a blessed thing. Look at the lot that's ambassadors now. Why, any of them is as ignorant as you are. No, but I can't speak any foreign language. None of them do. An American ambassador isn't supposed to say anything anyhow. Yeah, well, what's he supposed to do then? Wear knee pants. If you'll have to catch me first. Go to fancy balls and parties. Uh, that lets me out. Now, don't you upset me, Henry Thomas. Uh, what does the job pay? Well, hardly anything at all. Why would anyone want it? For the honor. Honor. I can do without that. Thank you kindly. Henry, uh, now that Mr. Hayes is president... Now, I got no time to fool with politics. You go to see Congressman Stifle. Remind him how it happens that Mr. Hayes and not Mr. Tilden is sitting in the White House. Please, Livy. I have no wish to go traipsing about all over the world. 
I'm not leaving home. You go to see Congressman Stifle. No, Libby. No? I'm putting my foot down, and that's got to be my final word on the subject. Yours, maybe, but not mine. Henry, I warn you here, and I warn you now. Do not aggravate me. Do not irritate me, because... Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. I get the idea. Livy, you see, is a woman of many words. She uses them to let you know exactly how you stand. Right now, I understood. I was standing right on the brink. So I went to see Congressman Morton B. Stifle. Henry, I'm not sure it can be done. What are you saying to me, Morton? Please, ask for something within reason. Ask to get a special government regulation suspended. Ask to have a law passed or repealed. Ask even to get an amendment to the Constitution. But to be made an ambassador? That's what I need, Morton. What for, Henry? You get to take no end of abuse. That's nothing new. There's no future in it. When the next president comes in, you're out. Morton, why are you giving me all these reasonable, sensible objections? Livy wants me to have the job. Uh, Livy. I'll see what I can do. I know you will. It's just all the plums have already been passed out. I don't have to have a plum. Just make sure I don't have a lemon. London, Paris, Madrid, St. Petersburg, Berlin, Vienna. Too late for all the big ones. Morton, don't waste my time and your energy with all the little details. Just make sure it's somewhere in Europe. Lavaria? Yes, Livy. Well, I never heard of it. It was the best they could do at this stage of the game. Where is it? Right here, on the map. Where? Between Austria and Romania. Where? You can hardly see it. Uh, Here, see? That little speck. Oh, Henry, what have you done to me? You're going to love it. From there, you can travel to Paris, Venice, Rome. Henry, is there really such a place? Oh, yes. It's got a king and a queen and a royal court. Why? It's the greatest little country in the world. What was I going to tell her? And maybe it was all for the best. (laughs) Let her spend some time in one of those places without plumbing. Far from the good old USA. She'd get this ambassador nonsense out of her head soon enough. But, as usual, I was wrong. Oh, I love it. You what? Do you realize this is a castle? A medieval castle? Yeah, you'll realize it all right in the wintertime when the winds blow in through those open windows. It's so authentic. This table, these chairs, those tapestries on the wall. Hundreds of years old. Yeah, they look it. Oh, such a beautiful little country. Such a quaint little country. It's like some beautiful painting in a book of fairy tales. Now, what are those bowls doing on the floor near the window? Oh, 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 oh that's the food. Uh, well, one is milk, and the other is vinegar. What are, the, what are they doing there? The servants put them out. They're in every house in Lavaria. You see, they have to feed the spirits. Milk for the good spirits, vinegar for the bad ones. Hmm. Going along with this. 
Why do they have to feed the bad ones? Well, they must. It's the law. What law? Well, they have such quaint superstitions. And the people, well, they believe that human beings can take the shape of spirits and fly all over the world. Now, Livy, that just doesn't make sense. Oh, but they believe it. That's why you have to feed both types of spirits. You never can tell which could be your mother or father or, well, even you. I thought all that kind of nonsense went out with the Middle Ages. But, Henry, in this country, it still is the Middle Ages. Livy was having the time of her life. Hobnobbing with all the swells and... Getting wide-eyed over all the quaint, mysterious customs of the peasants. For me, the time hung heavy. There wasn't much to do. And I had a smart young assistant. Hey, you sign here, please, sir, next to the X. I see the X, Mr. Daly. Now, uh, this says page four. Uh, yes, sir. That means this is a four-page document. Uh, th- that's right, sir. Well, where are the other three pages? Well, it's only necessary to sign this last one. I would like to read the others. You'd like to read them? Well, let me have them. But, sir, Ambassador Snell never bothered to read these documents, and neither did Ambassador Hastings before him, and Ambassador Cummings, and and all the other ambassadors since I've been here. Yeah, well, this here is Ambassador Henry Thomas Cahill, and we're starting a precedent. Uh, Yes, sir. Now... What's this? The, the Embassy Flower Garden. Permission is hereby requested to install tulip beds along the... Well, the, sir, it's all very boring and, and filled with red tape, and I had hoped to spare you this nonsense. Thank you, Mr. Daly. But I'll just have to put up with it. After all, it's my nonsense. Oh, and, and, and what am I supposed to say when we are presented to the king? Nothing. I got the drill from Brother Daly. This is a formal presentation at court. Still? And all you do is bow, smile. You say, thank you, Your Majesty. And what else? That's all. Then you back away and let the next couple be introduced. Oh, Henry, you've made me so happy. Oh, you're such a kind, wonderful, understanding person. I am honored to present the United States Ambassador, the Honorable Henry T. Cahill and Mrs. Cahill. Your Majesty. Your Majesty. Your Queen and I are happy to make your acquaintance and hope that your stay in our country shall be pleasant and fruitful. Thank you, Your Majesty. I look forward to our meeting on many happy occasions in the future. That's all there was to it. <laughs> I tell you, Livy was in her glory. She was also in a brand new gown from Gay Paris that cost me a few hundred dollars. But what's money? You have to keep them happy. <laughs> yeah, there she was, presented at court. M- maybe not the court of St. James in London, but a genuine, legitimate royal court all the same. How many people from Kansas City have ever been presented? Do you suppose we can get to bed? You mean you can even think of going to sleep? Why not? It's midnight. What did you think of him? Of who? The king. King Zulan. Who else? Oh, him. He seems like a nice little fella. 
Now, what sort of way is that to speak of... He looks like he'd be a clerk in one of my warehouses. A clerk? Well, maybe chief clerk. Oh, Henry, you are absolutely impossible. I'm almost afraid to ask what you thought of her. The queen? Please, if it's going to be rude, I don't want to hear it. All right, then I won't say it. Good. I hope we can depend on that. And now, can we get some sleep? Good night. Good night. Henry. Huh? What did you think of the queen? Is that why you woke me up? Oh, you weren't sleeping. Well, do you remember Molly Bonnet? No, I never heard of her. The, the one who was put on trial and later hanged for shooting her husband? Henry! It was in all the papers. Oh, I never read that part of the newspaper. This Molly Bonnet now. She was the spit image of the queen. They could have been twins. Oh, that, that's impossible. Why is it impossible? There are people all over the world who look alike. Oh, but to liken the royal queen of Tower of Lavaria to a common murderess. They both had the same pointy chin, same beady eyes, the same small teeth. What are you talking about? Uh, look out for women with small teeth. Oh, I think you're insane. If you had a set of those tiny, sharp teeth, I'd have never married you. Oh, excuse me, Henry. I'm going to sleep. Good night. Henry? Yeah? You're not making up a story, are you? I mean, this terrible Molly Bonnet? Did she really look like Queen Attila? They could have been identical twins. Well, that doesn't mean anything. So, let's go to sleep. But don't you go to sleep. We shall return here shortly with Act Two. And it's quite possible that we may develop this little theme a bit more in detail. You might ask, what if a person does look exactly like someone who had committed a murder? Is there a type? Stand by. In the 19th century, Central Europe was filled with tiny picture book kingdoms, all the color and pageantry that attended a royal court. It was all like a fairy tale. And as we know, in fairy tales, everyone lived happily ever after. But happy endings are not the rule in life, which is real and earnest. And who knows what was really concealed beneath all the tinsel and glitter? We will find out as our story unfolds. Good morning, Mr. Ambassador. Good morning, Daly. Did uh, Mrs. Cahill enjoy the reception? Mrs. Cahill is in seventh heaven. Uh, tell me about Queen Atala. Oh, yes, sir. What would you like to know? Mm. Now that you mention it, I'm not sure. For instance, did she have a twin sister? Uh, no, sir. You're sure about that? Oh, absolutely. She comes from one of the oldest noble families in Bavaria. She was the only daughter of the Grand Duke Arroy. Well, that theory is shot. Uh, what's on the docket this morning? Well, a dispatch to be sent to Washington by diplomatic courier. It requires your signature. Is this it? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, once again, <clears throat> I see by the number that you've given me the last page. Where's the rest of it? Oh, but, sir, this is a secret transmission. A secret? From me? I am the ambassador. 
Well, yes, sir, but it's just that none of the other ambassadors... I know. I know. They never bothered. Hand them over, please. Yes, sir. What's the subject of this thing? It's an analysis of the political situation in Liberia for the guidance of our Secretary of State. And it's prepared here by the embassy? Yes, sir. Who wrote it? Uh, you? Well, uh, not exactly, sir. You see, um... Uh, out with it, Mr. Daly. Well, it was uh, uh, basically prepared by Count Raspro. The Prime Minister of Liberia. Who knows the political situation here better than he does? Isn't this supposed to be the embassy's evaluation? Well, sir, Count Raspro's a very honorable and patriotic man. Uh-huh. The long and short of the thing is, then, Daly, simply this. Some foreigner who may or may not have an axe to grind, writes a paper for the guidance of the U.S. government, to which I sign my name, and everyone thinks it comes from me. When you put it that way, sir, I... But all the other ambassadors have always done it. It, it saves so much time and effort. Our time and effort is what we're being paid for. Leave this here with me. I'll, I'll read it. But Count Rosper thinks this should be transmitted to Washington without delay. Mr. Daly. Who are you working for, Count Rospro or the United States? Why, well, Mr. Ambassador, how could you even ask? Just answer the question. Well, of course I'm working for the United States. Good. Just make sure I never have to remind you of that fact again. Where were you, Henry? In my office, working. You were supposed to take me to the garden party at the French Embassy. Now, this is the third time this week. I didn't come here to go to parties, Libby. I'm here to look after the best interests of the United States. You have a staff to look after that sort of business. I didn't make $19 million by having my staff look after any sort of business. Libby, there's something going on in this country. What? I don't know, but I don't like it. But if you don't know, how do you know you don't like it? I operate on hunches. But you don't have to operate at all, Henry. Why can't you just enjoy yourself? Who says I'm not enjoying myself? Ah, Mr. Ambassador, so kind of you to come to see me. Mm. What's on your mind, Count Rospro? <laughs> you are truly the impulsive American. Plunge right into the current. Very well. I understand that your office has not transmitted its political analysis to Washington as yet. Uh, may I ask just how you understand that? Usually, I would have been told. Why? With all due respect, Count, how does this private matter between me and my government concern anyone else? Well, let us say the embassy is now operating on a new set of procedures... Count Rospro. Well, I assure you, Mr. Ambassador, that uh, we have only tried to be helpful. Sir, I notice uh, you don't think too much of the king. How can you say that? Uh, you say in your report that he is roundly disliked throughout the country and that he may even expect to be assassinated. Unfortunately... He is not popular. Pardon, my dearest, I... Uh, oh. Your Majesty, uh, may I present Mr. Cahill, the American ambassador? I had the honor to be presented to Your Majesty at court. Of course. And how is Mrs. Cahill? Uh, first rate, Your Majesty. Oh, you are busy, Count Rospro. So I shall...
not disturb you further. Uh, I, I was just about to leave. No, 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 I insist. Uh, Count, the king is expecting you to join us for tea. I will be honored. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Ambassador. And you and your wife should not be strangers at our court. Uh, thank you, Your, your Majesty. <clears throat> and uh, now, Mr. Cahill. Uh, Mr. Cahill? Uh, oh, 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 yes. Our loyalty must be to our king. Uh, but we know in our hearts that there is much opposition to him in the country. Should the worst happen... We should like to have the understanding and the uh, cooperation of the United States. Count, do you expect the worst to happen? Well, these things, they are in the hands of fate. As I was about to leave the palace, a uniformed servant told me that the king himself wished to see me. I heard you were visiting the Prime Minister. Yes, Your Majesty. Oh, we are alone, and this is an unofficial meeting, so why don't you call me Zuli? Zuli? My name is Zulan, and uh, I will call you Henry. Or are all Americans named Henry called Hank? <laughs> Hank, I like that better. Do you like my country, Lavarian? Oh, very much. We are fortunate it is still here. Where could it go, Your Majesty? Oh, it could disappear. It could become part of Germany, Austria, Russia. All of them want to take us over. Uh, may I ask, what's stopping them? Me, for one thing. You? <laughs> I know, I know. You're probably saying to yourself, but he's such a little fellow. Why should these giants be scared of him? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. I am King Zulan the Thirtieth. I am a descendant of the oldest royal house in the world. The kings of all these other countries are afraid to destroy me. Why? The overthrow of one royal house is a threat to all of them. And so, while I am alive... Uh, your Majesty, tell me, did your wife ever have a twin sister? Oh, of course not. It's remarkable. What is remarkable? Coincidence. Uh, Zula! Oh, I did not know you were busy, Zulan. Uh, your Majesty. Well, it seems we are fated to run into each other constantly, Mr. Ambassador. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, Your Majesty. There was a minute or so of chit-chat, and then I was able to leave. <laughs> Interesting. When she'd broken into the meeting I had with Rospro, she was all breathless and excited and beautiful, just like a woman who was in love. <laughs> when she walked in here, her face was mean, pinched. She looked exactly like Molly Bonnet, who had murdered her husband. Well, was I making too much of it? Back in my office... You sent for me, Mr. Ambassador? Daly, suppose this country was snapped up by one of the giants. Who'd gain by it? Oh, I, I, I don't know. You don't. Three of the biggest empires in Europe want this place. What's stopping any one of them from grabbing it is fear of the other two. Now... If the king is assassinated, there's going to be a free-for-all. 
which could lead to war from one end of Europe to the other. All because of Laveria? They don't care about Laveria. It's just that they're always looking for an excuse for war. <laughs> and here they got one that's tailor-made. Now, Daly, you're going to find out if there's any real sentiment against the king in this country. Yes, sir. I'll have the answer for you tomorrow morning. No, Daly. You'll need more time than that, my boy. Oh, no, sir. I'll just ask Count Rosbro. No, you will not. But, sir, he has all the answers. Except the ones we're looking for. No. Daly, you go out among the people and see what you can pick up. But I don't speak Bavarian. Here's a dictionary and a grammar. Sit up all night. But, but, but Mr. Learn fast. Henry, there's something we must discuss. Now, Libby, when it's time to go to sleep... Well, it's the only time I ever get to see you. You're always so busy. I'm a servant of the American taxpayer. The Queen held a tea for the wives of the diplomatic corps. I was not invited. No? Uh, are you sure? I took it up with Mr. Daly, and he told me, in confidence, that I was being punished because of you. Really? What have I done? You have insulted Count Rossbro. Insulted? Oh, displeased. That's probably true. Oh, Henry, how could you? Because I don't serve here at Count Rossbro's pleasure. But why would you do anything to alienate a man like Count Rossbro? Well, he's the most powerful person in the kingdom. Is that a fact? I thought the king himself was the most powerful. Henry, I demand an explanation. I could give you one, but I'm not sure you'd like to hear it. I'm entitled to hear it. Count Rospro is having an affair. Rospro? Why, he's a man of spotless reputation. I certainly don't want to be a party to any such most malicious slander. Okay, then let's just forget it. Henry, who is he having an affair with? The Queen. Huh? Oh, I don't believe it. Yeah, well, that's not the worst of it, Livy. I think they're plotting to assassinate the king. Whether we're dealing with royalty or commoner, love follows laws of its very own. Just as nature abhors a vacuum, so does love oppose a triangle. It's the old familiar story of wife, husband, and best friend. And even if it takes place in a tenement, something or somebody has to give which is what we shall ascertain in Act 3. Kings and queens have always been perceived as lofty, distant people, far removed from the petty concerns of daily life that beset the rest of us. But when we think of kings and queens as husbands and wives, suddenly we see them in a different light. The concept of marriage suddenly makes them human. All too human. But the Queen? And Count Rospro? He's the very soul of, of honor. Oh, Henry, how can you imply those two are having an, an affair? I'm not implying. I'm stating a fact. A murder? Why, 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 why it's impossible. Libby. How did I make $19 million? Oh, don't start that. By being able to judge people's character, right? But to accuse. I haven't accused anybody yet. In public. 
Have I? Now, you make sure this conversation doesn't go beyond this room, Henry. I'm warning you. I don't care what she or anyone else thought. I knew I was right. I had a little talk with my assistant, Mr. Undersecretary Daly. You know, Mr. Bassett, these are very superstitious folks in this country. <laughs> You're first making that discovery, are you? Uh, Daly, how long have you been here? Well, it's the first time I ever ventured forth into the countryside. Mm. How do the people feel about the king? Oh, they love the king. Uh, and the queen? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. What's the problem? <laughs> I just couldn't find out. And Count Rospro. Well, when, when he was a student at the university for a while, he was, I suppose you could say, a, a, a subversive. What kind? Well, it seems he favored a union of Laveria with Austria. He did? They even suspected he'd been carrying on correspondence with Emperor Franz Joseph. And what happened? Oh, he, I guess his father, old Count Rospro, gave him a severe talking to and I suppose after a while he outgrew it. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't. Was there anything else you wanted, sir? Yes. I wanted to go home. A storm was brewing here in this two-bit kingdom. And I could be caught right in the middle. Just called for some fancy footwork. So I decided to poke around and see what I could scare up for myself. One afternoon, I took a walk out into the country. I stopped off at one of those country taverns. It was so picturesque, I, I could hardly stand it. Yes, and what will the rich American gentleman have? Uh, how do you know I'm a rich American gentleman? All Americans are rich gentlemen. Uh, how do you know I'm American? Oh, we are all what uh, you would say experts on America here. In America are no bad spirits. Is that a fact? Oh, yes. Bad spirits in America are punished. Here, we must feed them. You really believe this? Certainly. And we are told we must feed them. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. A bowl of vinegar and a bowl of milk. Every night. Yeah. Yes. Each is set out by the window, and every morning, each is empty. Spirits have eaten. That doesn't necessarily prove the spirits drank it. No? Well. I looked at that man's face. He actually believed what he was telling me. Well, that night, as I was going to bed, I noticed the two little bowls near the window. What are they doing here, Libby? Henry, I told you. Milk and vinegar to feed the good and evil spirits. You believe that? When in Rome, Henry. Oh, sure. Wait, you'll see. Tomorrow morning, those bowls will be empty. What were the facts? In the evening, the little bowls were full. In the morning, they were empty. Therefore... Somebody had to come in and empty them. But who? And why? Well, I decided to find out. And so I tried to remain awake. I tried. And it became later. Later and later. My eyelids. My eyelids became heavier and heavier. I, I struggled to keep them open. 
Did I actually see what that... What, was there a bright and beautiful presence in the room? And then... Then there was an ugly, rough and rasping noise. Could these be the spirits? The, the, the good ones and the bad? I, I tried to peer into the darkness. Then, then the bright sunlight was streaming into the room. It was morning. I jumped out of bed. I looked at the bowls. They were empty. Oh, Henry. Is that you? Yes, Livy, it's me. Is something wrong? Livy, to tell you the honest truth, I, I, I really don't know. A cable has just arrived from the State Department. Uh, read it. Uh, yes, sir. I, I just finished decoding it, sir. It says, um, Stability of Liberian government is vital to the interests of the United States. Suggest you do everything possible to maintain it if indeed it is being threatened. Signed, the Secretary. That's what it says. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, okay. How and with what... And we maintain the stability of the Laverian government. Well, why don't we ask Count Rospel, sir? He knows everything. <laughs> you know something, Daly? You show positive signs of genius. Sometimes. So kind of you to come to see me, Mr. Ambassador. Getting down to business, Count, would you answer me a question? Certainly. Is it true that you were a member of a student group that tried to forge a union between Laveria and the Austrian Empire? And are you still trying to do it? Uh, those are two questions. Is the answer to both yes? And if it is? Uh, my government would be displeased if there is any bloodshed in this country. I assure you the matter can be accomplished without bloodshed. That isn't true. And you know it. The king would have to be killed. Oh, but that's only one person. You said bloodshed. Murder is murder. Well, it wouldn't have to be murder. He could have an accident. We have people who can arrange these things very cleverly. My government will not ever approve of murder. Your government will never know it will be murder. I shall so inform them. My dear Mr. Cahill, this is an informal, unofficial, off-the-record discussion. How can you hope to prove it? I have certain good friends in the administration. Of course you do. They'll believe me. Of course they will. Privately. Publicly. It will make less trouble to just uh, put a good face on things. You Americans have such a marvelous term for it. Uh, don't disturb the ship. You mean don't rock the boat? Precisely. Henry, Henry, wake up. Wake uh, up. Uh, what? Henry, you're having a nightmare. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I was. Oh, dear. What was it about? I dreamed that the evil spirit came for his supper tonight, and, and that the good spirit didn't. Oh, why, of all the superstitious nonsense. Look, but by the window, the bowls, the one with the vinegar is empty. That means something bad's going to happen. 
very soon. Oh, Henry, what's gotten into you? The Queen and Rospro are plotting to kill the King. She's in love with him. He's using her. How can I stop it? I'm absolutely powerless. Well, at least I can warn him. Your Majesty. We are alone, Hank Zuli. Uh, yeah, uh, Zuli. Uh, Zuli, your life is in danger. Yes, I know. You know? The life of a king is always in danger. Uh, I, I, I don't mean generally. I'm, I'm, I mean there's a plot. Uh, there is always a plot. Z- Zuli, your wife and Count Rospro are plotting to kill you. Mr. Ambassador, how dare you? You come from a barbarian country where there is no respect for rank. This interview is terminated. You are dismissed from our presence. What was I going to do? The man was obviously a fool. But it was vital that he remain a king. How can I save him now? Then I got an idea. Mr. Daly. Uh, Yes, sir. Send a cable to the office of the Kansas City Daily Messenger. Say, I want whatever pictures, photographs, drawings, illustrations, everything they have on a woman named Molly Bonnet. Yes, Mr. Ambassador. (laughs) Kind of you to receive me, Your Majesty. Uh, tell me, how's your love affair with Count Rospro coming along? Sir, how dare you? Do you want to answer the question? You know I'm not making this call with a pair of deuces. Now, let's you and I just have an intelligent discussion between two grown-up people. You are in love with Count Rospro. Certainly. (laughs) Consider the alternative. My husband's the king. He's a stiff, I admit that. But how do you know Rospro isn't using you? He gets you to murder the king. He can't do it himself. He, He can't even be remotely suspected. And then when it's done, he doesn't need you anymore. How did you know I wanted to kill my husband? Because you look just like her. Who? See all these pictures? What? Why, those are pictures of me. Mm-hmm. But where were they taken? Oh, I have never worn a dress like that. Uh, they are pictures of a Mrs. Molly Bonnet of Kansas City, Missouri, who murdered her husband. You want to read the story? Why do you show me this? Well, if anything should happen to the king, I intend to go to places like Davray's Tavern. I'll let the people look at these pictures and tell them the story. And do you know what everyone will believe in this superstitious country? Please. They will believe this woman was you. Your evil spirit had crossed the Atlantic. They will know you as the murderess of your husband. Oh, that's nonsense. That's for you to decide. May I... May I have all those pictures and newspapers? Certainly, Your Majesty. Uh, May I ask how the murder was to be accomplished? Oh, there would be an accident. Who would have been cleaning his gun? I'm sure it isn't going to happen. Not to the king, at any rate. 
I'm afraid I have two pieces of bad news, sir. First, Count Rospero is dead. Is he? Yes. It was an accident. He was cleaning his gun. Rospero was killed while cleaning his gun. Oh, my. But the second, sir, you're, uh, you're being recalled. This cable arrived from Washington. King Zulan says you insulted him, his wife, and his best friend. And he insists that Washington send a, a new ambassador. Henry, I just heard the news. We're being sent home. Is it true? Yes, dear. Why? The king doesn't like me. Well, what did you do? I guess I insulted him. Oh, yes, that is your style. You couldn't be helpful. You couldn't be friendly. But, Livy, I tried to be helpful. I, I, I really and truly did. Yes, I can imagine. You must have spoken to him like he was one of your Thursday night whiskey-drinking, poker-playing cronies. Henry, why did you have to rock the boat? Sometimes, if you don't rock it, the boat sinks. But right or wrong, those who rock boats or stick out necks or keep insisting that the emperor is naked usually don't win popularity contests. I shall return shortly. Uneasy lies the head, as Mr. Shakespeare said, that wears the crown. For to be a king, one must live up to the ideal. One must be noble, brave, wise. And how many humans can fill the bill? So, king after king is overthrown, executed, exiled, all because he was less than perfect. Indeed, he was no better than those who adored him. It's a risky thing, this king business. Who would want such a job anyhow? But fortunately, there's no shortage of applicants. Therefore, we shall have no shortage of stories. Our cast included Fred Gwynn, Joan Shea, Ray Owens, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs> 